We're on location. Yes, we've left the studio, we've left my desk, we've left recording at home, and we've come out and about to the London Toy Fair. We're guests of the good people at Precise TV. So we're going to be hitting the floor, we're going to be talking to some various people, but we thought we would start with our hosts at Precise TV. Specifically, the founder, Christian, the chief commercial officer, Dennis, and we spoke to them a little bit about what they've been doing in the YouTube space and their new product launch into the gaming space. They're well known on reaching audiences aged from 2 to 14. Let's find out how they're doing that. So we're guests of yours at the Toy Fair. Thank you very much for having us. Why are you at the Toy Fair? What are you looking to achieve? Yeah, thank you so much, James, and thank you for having us on the podcast today. Uh, we're super excited. It's the second year for us at Precise TV to be here at the Toy Fair. Um, we are in the space and we have been leading the space for a couple of years now. And it's the second year that we basically said, look, we want to get closer to our clients, to our partners in the industry, and just like be closer to the pulse of what's happening. And I think there's no better way than actually being here, meeting all our friends and partners of the industry, and um, yeah, hosting the Precise TV Lounge. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. So for the uninitiated, bring Precise TV to life for us. What is the job that you do? Yeah, thank you, James. Um, so basically, when we started, like give you a bit of a background, mm. the business was started in 2015. It's a long time ago. And uh, Nadav, my co-founder and I, we were both working in the Facebook meta ecosystem back then for an ads partner, API partner. What we saw very early is like the massive opportunity of YouTube, but also at that time, like talking about the future and talking about privacy first, privacy uh, privacy cookie-less targeting yeah. at a very, very uh, you know, early stage. It was like nine years ago. And we thought like we can actually deliver better YouTube advertising uh, without actually um, being intrusive, right? Uh, which the ad tech industry and, and, and all of that, I think it's a very important, uh, a very important paradigm shift that we look at is to be less intrusive, to have better outcomes. And I think YouTube gave us a great opportunity for that. So what we did is we started the business in 2015 and we focused on contextual advertising, contextual targeting. So rather looking at purely the audience, the cookie, the ID, yeah. the, the phone ID, we were looking at what people were consuming in the moment and how, how can we align on scale advertising against that. So we, we developed contextual uh, machine learning uh, targeting very early, like we invested in, in data mm. and trying to make meaning, meaningful decisions based on data that people were watching. And uh, the story is really that I also have a background at Disney. Okay. I was working at Disney. Uh, I came to Disney through the acquisition of Maker Studios, right. which is like the, the largest YouTube network. I in the remember world. the first yeah. the first MCM many people describe it as. Described so. it as like a, definitely the largest, mm. one of the first ones in the industry. So really exciting times. And uh, I also spent time at Studio 71 mm. uh, on the board. 
And so the ecosystem of YouTube was very close to my heart and my mm. understanding of what the power of it is. And what we did is we really saw this massive opportunity, especially for toy brands, family brands, for youth advertisers to make sure that there is a way where you can actually have totally COPA compliant advertising yeah. that's regulated, it's a highly regulated industry, but making meaningful patterns out of the data through our technology to, to, to deliver safe advertising. Okay. But that's also performing. And I think what we saw back then, like talking about the YouTube networks and Enomaker Studios, is it was about reach. Yeah. It was not so much about like being hyper-targeted. Yeah. Precise, it's in the name, right? Yeah. Precise TV is all about that hyper-targeting. And so we came up very early with video level targeting. And then we, we, we developed an algorithm that helped us like to develop video level targeting at scale. And it took us on a journey about nine years to optimize that model. But at the end of the journey, we were then also feeding in retail sales data. Now, offline sales from toys, Amazon sales data, all in a completely uh, non-PII, non-personal identifiable yeah. inf information. That means we, we can actually connect the advertising to the sales. We can measure the impact of your YouTube advertising for toys, for brands, uh, for the family, for the youth, in a, in a world where, let's say, Google is relatively blind because yes. of the regulation. Yeah. And what I'm saying here is you're familiar with FTC and uh, what happened with Made for Kids. Yes. So Google said, okay, anything that is like under thir 13 and is directed to children made for kids, we will not use any behavioral targeting. Um, so all of the Google smartness, all of their like amazing power and, 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 and data and historical and behavioral data and modeling doesn't apply to kids. Yeah. And there's one thing, because I know you're a youth podcast. Yeah. Google voluntarily said, under 18, we do the same. If we have teens, if we're basically, if, we, if we're targeting like even 13 to 17 year olds, we will not use behavioral targeting. Yeah. That's not a regulation. That's basically Google being, I want to be safe. I want to be yeah. really protecting privacy of like young audiences. Uh, and that's a space that we entered as well. Okay. So really exciting times. Okay, so bring, bring the background to life then. What's, yeah. what, what's happened and what's led you to where you are now? Yeah, I've been at uh, Precise TV two and a half years now. I'm Chief Commercial Officer of Precise TV and um, I have about 15 years experience in the online video industry. So I early in my career is at Google. Um, at Google, I actually moved into the YouTube side of the organization where um, YouTube became much bigger and it needed to be like sorted and organized for brands to buy easily. Mm. So I worked in a division um, which was basically head of sponsorship for Europe where I was looking at uh, bringing out new offerings like YouTube Kids. Mm. We actually brought out in, in Europe, I think it was like 2014 um, uh, when I was there. And we also brought out like YouTube lineups and stuff like that. And basically I saw a problem at the time where a lot of brands were buying audiences but they weren't always like showing in the most contextually relevant places. Uh, so fast forward and I also worked at a company called Tubular Labs that's big in the online video space. And now at Precise TV, I work at uh, the leader in contextual intelligence, which is really solving this issue for brands that we talked about earlier. I see, okay. 
Let me jump in on a few things there. You mentioned copper compliant. How important is brand safety? How, how key is it to the way that the business is working? Yeah, that's a great question, James. First of all, like copper compliance is really everything. Mm. Like all our tech stack, everything we do, our research, all of our AI models, everything we do with shopper data, which is like offline transactions, all of that big data is treated in a copper compliant way. And we are getting audited every year. Our platform is being audited, certified okay. as kit safe, copper compliant every year. And so I think that's the basis. The next step you mentioned is brand safety and brand suitability. Mm. And of course, it's very important for all of those brands that we work with that they keep and protect the brand. But also there is a very interesting paradigm because if you have a, a very targeted way of like buying ads, you make sure that you not only run against safe content, you also make sure that the unsafe content or unsuitable content is not getting any ads. Sure. Right? So at the end of the day, we're making the internet safer for creators and of course for the young audiences because like we're fueling and protecting the brands that we work with but also like making sure that your investment on the platform is going in, in, a, in a way that is like is, is, is brand safe, it's brand suitable, it's totally aligned with your own um, guidelines as a brand. And you mentioned data, you mentioned your, your, your tech stack. There seems to be an awful lot of data about an awful lot of things. How do you make your data meaningful? What, what, what's the trick? What's the science? Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a really good question because there is a lot of data, but data can be very easily meaningless. Yeah. yeah. So I think what's important is like whatever you put in, the quality you put in is the quality you get out. Okay. So we have a very high focus on data quality on our panels. We have proprietary panels that we have um, sourced with our partners. We're working with Giraffe Insights on this. Um, and we have a global panel now of over 10,000 kids. Wow. And their families and their parents. And it's across Australia, the US, the UK, the Nordic countries, uh, Germany. So really branching out into a lot of territories that are okay. important for our clients. So the data quality is something we've put a lot of effort in. And the next step is of course that you need very strong models. And I think very early on you can see the investment in data science and also the team and the members and people that joined the team very early in the, the founding process of Precise TV had a data background, had a, a background of like data science. Like we have people that have worked on the model. They've worked for Goldman Sachs before. It's unbelievable. Uh, they were working in financial models and then we're working and helping us. How can we translate billions and billions of data points into a model that sure. helps us to answer one question. Who is behind the screen? Mm. At that very moment, when you serve that ad on the video, and what's the probability behind that? And the second question, once I have the right demographic, you know, let's say it's like six to eight, or it's like, it's like a 12 to 13. The second question is, what is the impact of that ad? 
in terms of like my success as a brand. Because the CMOs and the CEOs and the owners of the businesses and the C-level we work with, yeah. they of course want to make sure that their business is thriving, their business is growing mm. and they're not wasting advertising dollars. Yeah. But actually every dollar they spend on advertising is hitting the right audience. Yeah. So reducing media wastage, which we do up to minus 70%, minus 60 to 70%, depending on which industry. But in the second level, uh, impacting the POS, the point of sale. Yeah. And and that's what we really perfected over the last two years, I believe. Two, yeah, two and a half years of research where we have put in like hundreds and hundreds of millions of purchase data and tied that up with our AI model to make sure the impact that we have here is really like delivering sales. Understood. Making our clients successful. And you're known for ages two to 14. Um, are, are there plans to expand outside of that? Are there, are there new innovations? What's, what's the next step? Yeah, so what's the next step? That's a great question. Here at the Toy Fair London, uh, we are proud to announce that we have launched our precise gaming solution. So for the first time ever, if you think about, we have innovated the YouTube space for nine years now, yep. since 2015. And we believe that we are market leading in that space because our clients are telling us so. And if I look at the client base, we work for the majority of the top 30 uh, toy brands in the world. Uh, the likes of like Moose Toys and Warner Bros, mm. Pokemon and so on. Um, what we felt is there's a second pillar that's very important. And the second pillar was gaming. Okay. And it's important. Our research tells us there's there are three things that kids do the most in terms of spending their time in media. Number one, watching YouTube. Yeah. Nine out of 10 kids in the US, you can reach on YouTube. Nine wow. out of 10 kids are watching YouTube. You have massive reach and we cover that area. The second largest one is streaming, VOD. It's massive, but Netflix, Disney Plus have a very small proportion of ads. Yeah. You're talking about 1% to 3% the maximum at the moment. Okay. So you cannot really run ads on that. So the third largest is, is gaming. But gaming is really tricky and I think we, it took us a long time. We were working on this for three years to launch this product. But now we are ready to basically bring the same technology, the contextual intelligence, our research data, our panel data, and the way that we, we target with impact for our clients to the mobile app space. Wow, okay. Maybe if I add one thing yeah. to that as well, like on your question earlier about meaningful, mm. like for brands out there, when they've planned before with TV, there's only like a thousand or so shows or thousands, while in the YouTube space, it's billions of videos. Okay. So you have to have some contextual engine to power that. Yep. And that's exactly what we're bringing to the gaming space where we see a similar problem. It's fragmented, uh, just like YouTube. And there's like half a million plus apps that you really need to look at, like the contextual relevance behind them. So I was going to say, what sorts of games? These are the games that are on the app store that my children yeah, will be going like to. Yeah, like Subway Surfer, like Talking Tom. Um, one thing is that we've noticed is some of the largest apps, like uh, Angry Birds, yeah. when we were younger, yeah. um, we used to play. I used to play it when I was maybe 20 years old. Yep. Um, I'm now much older. 
And a lot of that audience has aged up. And we've noticed apps like Angry Birds, the average age for Angry Birds is now 34 years old. No way. Um, well, a lot of people here, yeah. Well, a lot of people here would think it's like younger audiences, mm. but it's not, it's far from it. And there's like thousands of apps just about like Marvel, Barbie, so on and so forth, that we go really selective in picking for brands. Okay get you and in terms of if you like your rocket fuel in terms of yeah. the one tip that you would give our audience when they're looking to reach youth audiences or yeah. family audiences what insight would you give them what would you say is a no-brainer yeah i think uh, back to kind of one of the stats christian mentioned about like nine and ten kids are on youtube mm. but also on vod also on gaming mm. like actually uh, thinking about those channels very independently and not just thinking about digital as a digital for digital sake, yeah. but thinking about like horizontal video, vertical video, mini games and planning channel by channel, because these are the channels now that have the largest audiences. And it's incredibly important to understand what are people consuming in those places and how do you best reach them to engage meaningfully? Okay. Okay, and Christian, have you got anything in terms of a one takeaway, one one insight that you would want to give audiences working at brands, working at agencies? Sure, I think the the media wastage and and understanding that you have the right demographic, and you're delivering the impressions in the right demographic is very critical. And think about this in 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 a world where. We're talking about regulated markets. Yeah. Under 18, uh, kids, youth marketing. There is no Nielsen, there's no tagging, right? There's no OCR, there's no measurement. And I think it's very important that you think about what you're buying today in terms of media, if you're media buying. Yeah. Um, ask yourself, is this really delivering against the right audience? And I think that uh, that's one of our critical missions uh, the missions not just making making it safer and better and better performing is really making sure we help brands toy companies and family and youth brands to deliver their ad impressions against the right audience in demo with no media wastage okay and when you're looking to reach these audiences are you looking to reach parents and children at the same time are you looking to just reach the children who's who responds best yeah it's, it's, it's a mix of both, okay. obviously. We have, uh, depending on the age, we have different ways of like pester power, but also delivering co-viewing, but also delivering campaigns that are uh, for gift purchase audiences. Get you. So that could be grandparents, that could be um, with you know extended family members, that could be the parents directly. So in our tech platform, we have data and research and targeting for all of those areas. And I, th at the end of the day, it's a mix of everything. Okay. I mean, the, the power of the kids is still strong, as we all know. That power is still very, very critical if you ask any CMO in the toy industry. Yeah. Um, it doesn't work without the kids, and uh, but it's a good mix that we deliver. And Dennis Christian, finally, let's do a little bit of future gazing. What are you looking forward to seeing at the Toy Fair? And what, what do you think is the future? Where, where do you think you will see innovation here? Yeah, I think, I think in a lot of products, like I think sustainability is obviously something a lot of the toy industries focus on right now. I think 
integration of technology and AI is such a hot topic mm. that I think there'll be a lot of talk about that at the Toy Fair. Um, but yeah, generally looking forward to meeting and catching up with friends and colleagues. Yeah, Brilliant. Nice one. Guys, thank you so much for uh, looking after us. Thanks for hosting us here right. and have a great Toy Fair. Thank you. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. Thank you for having us. So we've come patrolling the corridors, we've come sweeping the floors, we've gone looking for conversations to have, and we're lucky enough to be joined by Phil Cassidy. He's the MD of Kasdan. Um, Phil, thank you so much for talking to us. I really appreciate You're very it. You're welcome. Um, Phil, tell us, first of all, a little bit about Kasdan. Explain to our listeners what, what, what do you do? What, what, what do Kasdan bring to the toy fair? So Kazdan are well known for bringing top quality roleplay replica products to the market. So our most notable is the Dyson vacuum cleaners that, that we do. But uh, we essentially take the real world and make it fun for, for children to do with replica licenses. So that's Morphe Richards, that's Dyson, Henry, Hetty, those sorts of products. I see. And what role do you think Kazdan plays in the development of children? Um, well, all the usual developmental milestones um, that, we, we, that we help with, so the usual things like hand-to-eye coordination, um, um, numeracy skills, role-play, uh, conversations, bouncing off each other, those sorts of things. I see. And what do you look to get from the toy fair? What, what, what do you, do you, is it a learning experience? Is it a commercial experience? Is it all of the above? How... Yeah, a little bit of both, but, but generally it's, it's seeing our customers in person. Um, it's really important that we actually meet them face to face and get to show them products. Zoom calls have their place, but there's nothing that can be the, the, the face to face interaction and actually seeing our products in the flesh and feeling the quality and knowing what they're all about. And how often are you innovating? What's the next big product? What's the what's the next oh, great I launch? I couldn't possibly tell you about what the R&D team are up to in the background, but there's some exciting things coming for Kazan in the future. We are talking to some, some major new licenses and hopefully you know, this time next year, we'll be able to show you some of the new stuff. Amazing. And how does Kazan engage with parents? Because that's got to be an important part of the talking to children relationship. Sure. What, sure. What, what does that involve? Well, we have an awesome marketing team now. It's headed up by Simone, who does, you know, a lot of the interaction with, with the end consumer. Obviously, social media is huge. We've just launched a brand new website that has all sorts of content that interacts with, with parents. And obviously, the toys that we produce, you know, interact with parents in themselves. So finally, Phil, what's your rocket fuel? What's the key insight into youth and family audiences that you think would be useful for our listeners? Well, that's a great question. I think that's best answered by our head of sales and marketing, Eleanor Connolly. So I'll pass you over to her right now. So I think everything about rocket fuel for kids is making sure that kids learn through play. And that's what our products do. They, they allow children to develop skills um, and um, copy what their parents and gift givers do and really encouraging play, getting them away from screens um, and develop all the life skills they need as they grow up. Eleanor, thank you so much for that. You're uh, welcome. Children develop at different ages, don't they? They They, do. they have different playing developments. Yeah. Yep. And we're always there to really help with that development throughout two years, up to six, seven, eight years. And we always want to be there as a casting in part of the family life. Eleanor, Phil, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. You're welcome.
So we're here with Harris, who's the marketing director at Craft Buddy. Um, why don't you explain for the benefit of our listeners a little bit about who Craft Buddy are? What jobs yeah. you do? Yeah, of course. Craft Buddy is a UK company. We specialize in arts and crafts products, and we are we proud ourselves as innovator in the craft kit industry. And our flagship brand is Crystal Art, okay, which is um, diamond painting which is a craft for diamond paintings. And we do uh, canvas, we started with canvases and scrolls. So it's more like for tradi- traditional crafters, which is who are like female, skilled, 55 years old plus. Okay. But since we had the license with Disney, and we started to venture into the kids craft and toys industry. That's when we created Crystal Art Buddies. Wow. Yeah, so okay. they are for six plus year old kids. Yep. Yeah, and then they can do these diamond paintings while they can collect all these um, licensed characters. I see, yeah, I get it. Yeah, so that is what Craft Buddy is. And how important is the toy fair to Craft Buddy? Oh, and wow. how do you think it's changed over the years? It is fairly important, very important. I'll say we go to London Toy Fair as well as Nuremberg Toy Fair. Mm. That's where we meet all our international distributors, our big retail partners. Some, we also meet some of our licenses here as well. So it is very important to us to expand our business, especially because we are traditionally a craft company. Yeah. And then we are venturing into this kids craft and toys and collectibles. Um, Rain, rim, rim. So that's why um, it is very important for us to have a presence here and meet all this. And is there a common theme about the toy fair this year? Is it AI? Is it mental health? Is it what? What are the things I, you're noticing? I would think it is um, the focus would be a, a little bit about sustain, sustainability. Okay. Yeah, more talk about how sustainable toys are there, and also it is not just um, toys, traditional toys, but it's also like. Um, kid out toys as well. Yes. Yeah, that is a big, a big trend. Okay. We're this year. That's yeah. interesting. And in terms of the habits of children and how they've changed over the years, how do you think children are behaving differently now to how they used to? Well, they, the children here now definitely they they grew up with tablets, smart devices, so they have spent a lot of time on screen. So compared with when we were growing yeah. up, it's a very different world. So what we are trying to do at the craft party is to provide the interactive craft kids. So sort of to take them away from the screen time and yeah, have some quality time with parents, with friends. I was going to say, so you're together. you're almost marketing yourselves as the alternative to screen time. To I would say, yeah, it is, it is, it is actually good things, mm. good thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I see. We will do that. Um, and how does the arts and crafts space innovate? What's what's next for the space? To yeah. what's going to happen? Yes, I think for us, it's definitely going to that collectibles um, market. I see. Yeah, so with the buddies, since you have to collect them all, yeah, it is not just like a canvas; you can just put it there. It is. It is actually like just. Funkos, like everything else, it's like you you want your shelf to be filled up with the characters you like, and we actually provide the additional craftability that you actually made it yourself. It's not just you buy it off the shelves and put it up. You have to make it yourself, and you can share with people and your friends. Because we did launch our Crystal Art sticker albums. Did you? Yeah, earlier uh, last year. Mm. So it is a sold out product for us because we are the first one to introduce a blind back concept with Crystal Art diamond painting. So you can get like a bag of um, 
it's it's a sticker album with the diamond painting craft in it. So it is a very new concept for us, and then that's how we that's how we double down in the um, craftability plus collectability area. Okay. Yeah. And finally, Harris, yeah. what's your rocket fuel? What's the one tip that you'd give to our audience of marketing people listening uh, to in, to engage youth audiences, to engage children? I would say it's always um, you have to listen to kids. You have to actually be, go out there and meet with the kids that played with your product, interact with your products. I know we have marketing strategies that, okay, we go to TikTok, we go to YouTube kids channels, go to, but you have to actually give You've them, got to speak yes, the language. Yes, and then to see how they interact with your products. Then that is, like, I, I think that's actually what I feel in terms of fueling us yeah. to make better campaigns, better products. Because when you see them, how they actually work with them, how they actually interact with your products, it's very, it's completely different. But when you sit in the office and look at data, look at numbers. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Brilliant. Harris, thank you yeah. very much yeah. indeed for your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So we found Zoots and specifically we found Alex and we found Anna who both work in marketing and we wanted to chat to them about Zoots and about the Toy Fair. Um, tell us a bit about yourselves. How did you get started with Zoots? Anna, we'll come to you first. Well, firstly, thanks for having us. Uh, I've been passionate about marketing and the world of kids' outdoor activities for many years. As a parent myself, I firmly believe in the importance of encouraging children to get outdoors and be active. Uh, the opportunity to work with a brand that shares this vision was a perfect fit for me and I've been thrilled to be a part of the Zoot's journey in inspiring outdoor fun since joining the business three and a half years ago. Amazing. And Alex, what about you? How did you get involved? So, hi, I'm Alex. I'm brand manager for Zoot's. Um, I joined the team around two years ago. Um, it's been an incredible journey so far watching the brand grow and evolve. Um, it's really nice to work with a passionate team, marketing products that bring joy to kids. Great. And Zoots is a brand of all kinds of rideable skateboards, roller skates, electric vehicles. Explain to us how Zoots differs from the other brands in this space. And how do you take kids into consideration when you're taking your slice of this market? Uh, well, at Zoots, we're all about bridging the gap between wheel toys and action sports. What sets us apart is our commitment to creating products that not only perform exceptionally, but also resonate with kids. Our product team focus on designing items that are not only safe, but also on trend and affordable, ensuring that kids won't be afraid to take them outdoors and truly enjoy playtime. Okay, and skateboarding is now an Olympic sport. It's getting proper, it's getting big, it's, it's becoming something even bigger than it was. What are young people saying about these sports and are you seeing more kids take up these sports? Uh, absolutely. The inclusion of skateboarding in the Olympics has brought a significant boost to the sport's popularity. Uh, at Zoots, we've noticed a growing enthusiasm among young people for skateboarding and other wheeled sports. It's really inspiring to see kids looking up to these athletes and wanting to emulate them. In this milestone year for Zoots, our 10-year anniversary, we're particularly excited about the positive impact that this trend has had on our business. We've definitely noticed a growing trend overall in the wheeled toy market, which has led us to add a number of new products to the range, including not only skateboards, but scooters, go-karts, electric ride-ons, and more. It's a fantastic testament to the power of inspiration and outdoor play. Brilliant. Um, tell us what Zoots do to engage 
kids and parents currently? What's working? So we understand that engaging with both kids and parents is essential. Um, so we've been actively working with influencers, uh, targeting parents with kids of our target age range. Um, as part of this, we collect vital feedback and feed this into future product development. Where appropriate, we also submit products to awards to gain feedback from real testers, both parents and kids. Um, we also engage with parents through informative content on our website, emails, social media, offering tips on outdoor play, keeping them informed about our latest products. We believe that open communication for parents is crucial in fostering trust and ensuring our products meet the needs of both kids and their families. And finally, let's look at your rocket fuel. So that's the name of the podcast. And for rocket fuel, we're looking for a key insight into youth and family audiences that our listeners can take away. So our rocket fuel is to believe that outdoor play is essential for the physical and mental development of children. Our key insight into youth and family audiences is that parents are increasingly looking for ways to get their children away from screens and into active outdoor play. This year we're excited to offer families even more options for outdoor fun with new product lineups. We focus on creating products that not only cater to kids' interests but also meets parents' expectations for safety, durability and affordability. By combining these elements, we aim to provide families with a solution that encourages children to have fun outdoors, develop skills and enjoy a healthy lifestyle. We believe every child should have the opportunity to enjoy outdoor play, which is why we maintain competitive price points without compromising in quality. This approach ensures that Zoot products can reach a wide range of families and making outdoor fun accessible to all. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for speaking with us. It's really good to have you on the podcast. So that's it for our special from the London Toy Fair. It's been a great episode of Rocket Fuel. I want to thank all of the guests from Precise TV, Kasdan, um, and everybody else that we've spoken to. Uh, if there is an event coming up that you think Rocket Fuel should come from, then let us know. If you run an event and you want us to come and profile the various exhibitors and guests, then let us know. And if you want to share this with anybody that was at the Toy Fair so that we can interview you next year, then again, get in touch. Uh, you can get in touch with me um, on Twitter, or X as it now is, at James Erskine. Rocket are at We Are Rocket HQ on X, formerly Twitter. And if you want to email us, uh, it's info at wearerocket.co.uk. So, look forward to uh, speaking to you soon. Thanks for listening and thanks to everybody at the London Toy Fair. This is Rocket Audio.